Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. It's That's me. Lovely to be in your glorious company. And glorious. I wouldn't have uh, never described me as being glorious company, I can tell you. Well, that. you learn something every day. We have a terrific guest for you on yeah. this edition of Food Bites. Uh, has come over from the West. Yep. Some wonderful sporting pedigree there, too. Oh, is there ever. Uh, Kalia Stanton is with the Melbourne Vixens these days. So yeah, uh, she came over from West Coast Fever. It's in the uh, Super Netball competition. Yep. And uh, I was going to say kicking goals, but you don't. You actually shoot goals in netball, so... Being a netballer myself from way back. What were you? Were you a WD? Were you a As a matter a of GS? fact, I was a GK. A GK? Yes. What's a GK? Goalkeeper. Oh, okay. I was goal defence sometimes. So I didn't you... mind goalkeeper because it entailed less running around. Once I played centre a couple of times and uh, oh. I don't think I'd... It took me two weeks to recover from all that running around. Uh, and what you would have needed is to sit down, have a, a lovely, cool, refreshing beverage and some cheese. Mm. The yeah. Currumburra grasshoppers, they were. <laughs> Say... <laughs> no. No. Ja- Keep ja- it nice. Janet's a, a, a whiz, but she cannot make Currumburra grasshoppers. I thought that was a drink. Um, <laughs> Cheese Links is the organisation I'm speaking about no. so fondly, not the uh, Currumburra grasshoppers. A grasshopper walks into a bar yeah. and yeah. says, uh, uh, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeselinks.com.au, 52821984, 52821984. That is the phone number. All the social media platforms. All you need to know is that cheese is fun to make yeah, as well as life. fun to eat. Yep, yep. So you can combine your two great passions here all in one. Yep. Get uh, yourself sorted with uh, Janet and she'll help you uh, select the equipment you need to start your cheese-making journey at home in your own kitchen, Kevin. 52821984, cheeselinks.com.au. With other people breathing down your neck, just like I do. Now, I know Carly uh, will be busting to uh, join the Currumburra Grasshoppers, but for the <laughs> moment, she's with the Melbourne Vixens and she's our special guest here on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hey, Kelly, thanks so much for joining us. And how are you settling into the Melbourne weather as much as anything else, having relocated from Perth? Yeah, I'm going okay. So I think a couple of weeks ago I invested in a black puffer. So I feel like I've really turned into a <laughs> true Melbourneian, uh, having a black outfit with a black puffer for the winter cold. Yeah, puffer is very on trend in, yep. uh, in Melbourne. Kelly, a little bird tells us that uh, apart from being a finely tuned athlete, you are quite the foodie yourself. <laughs> yeah, like when I got the call from um, our media manager to, to come on the podcast, I have to say I was very excited. <laughs> I um, absolutely love food and I love talking about it. I'm very passionate about it and um, I actually studied it as well. So I've got a double degree in nutrition and health promotion. So anything food related is um, right up my alley. And you're really interested in and well, passionate about advocating uh, that uh, wholesome food and, and nutrition in our lives. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's really important to have a balanced diet and a balanced way of living as well. And that includes what you eat and then how you go about it and incorporating exercise and, and a healthy lifestyle with that. Do you measure everything you eat or <laughs> do you go to that extent? I mean, you are a, a finely tuned athlete and, and playing, you know, at the elite level of netball in this country. Do you have to go to that level? Uh, yeah, I have a set of scales and every month. No, I'm joking. I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. 
Um, I think for me, and everyone's different, um, obviously we've seen a real increase in the amount of food intolerances and allergies that people have had over the last, I would say, five to ten years. And I think that's really introduced different kind of diets that people have and the way the athletes, I guess, tap into those kind of trends as well. We've got a lot of people with eating more vegetables and um, vegan and, and vegetarian diets and then, um, yeah, a lot more plant-based diets as well. So I think it's interesting to see those kind of trends happening as an athlete. Um, I guess it makes you think about what kind of diet you want to have as well, obviously knowing you need to be fueling your body. And I think that's the way I approach it as well is that with things that are popping up here and there, I like to give them a go and try them out and, and kind of see what they're all about. But also for me, it's about having a balance. So I don't necessarily measure my food. I'm not about having um, certain foods on certain days. I'm not that structured. It's more about what I feel like and what I feel is going to be yeah, good for fueling my body. But in saying that, I don't think I've ever been someone to have heaps of junk food. Um, I wasn't grown up having those kind of foods anyway. And I think I was having a conversation with someone recently and I told them that I've never had a Hungry Jack's burger. I've never had like a KFC chicken. I've never had a McDonald's Big Mac. Like I've never had any of those things. I think the extent of my, I guess, your typical stereotypical junk food is probably a happy meal when I was younger and, and that's probably it. Wow, not a lot of people could say that. And and do you ever feel that that you might lean towards you just want to have a have a try of any of those things? Um, I mean, I'm not overly tempted to try those kind of foods. I mean, I to me, junk food is you know like a takeaway pizza, and it's mm. not uh, yeah like a gourmet pizza for me with heaps of veggies and stuff like that. That's something that really excites me, and and that's something I would have as a takeaway food option or. Um, I might have a burger, but it's not necessarily from a fast food joint. I I prefer something with a little bit more body to it. So, yeah, I think I'm different in that regard, and I think I've always had a love of food as well. So I think my desire to have good food or food that's um, homemade as well as really well-made food when you go out is something I probably look towards more so than a quick fix. So speaking of homemade, Kalia, um, what sort of stuff do you like to make for yourself at uh, at home and, and how do you rate yourself as a cook? Um, I really love all kinds of food. I used to, a bit of a story for you, I used <laughs> to be someone who couldn't handle sweet chilli sauce oh. and it used to be too hot for me and I've really progressed my chilli scale up to the point where I can have a little bit of fresh chilli on my food and curries and that kind of thing. But I used to be someone who could never tolerate um, the sweet chili sauce and I could never tolerate avocado. And oh. my taste buds, thank gosh, matured because uh, uh. avocado is probably one of my top five foods that I eat on a regular basis. But, um, yeah, I definitely do love food. There's so many different things I love. We have a family, uh, I guess, tradition of making Toblerone chocolate mousse. Oh, um, hello. So, <laughs> So that's our family. Um, that's our family thing. We always have Toler and chocolate mousse for birthdays, or we always have it for special occasions. Um, and it's probably the most requested item as well. Um, I am inspired by a huge amount of um, different chefs and cooks out there. So like Jamie Oliver, Nigella Lawson, Hessen Blumenthal. And when I was really young, I used to be really into the two fat ladies, and I don't mm. even remember them. Yes, but absolutely, were, I do. Jennifer Patterson, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I used to love watching them um, as well. So I used to grow up watching all those kind of things and deviled horsebacks and Scotch eggs and all those kind of <laughs> foods. And I was really intrigued by 
I guess the the science behind it as well, which is why I think I really enjoy Hessen Blumenthal and the foods that he produces, and I guess the chemistry um, and the molecular side of it as well, which is probably where the desire to study nutrition came from. Devils on horseback! You've got me visualizing those two in their um their little uh, mo- motorcycle with the sidecar. Motoring yes, through yep, Britain. Exactly right. <laughs> that's very. Yep. F- I, I, I can't see on a motorcycle with the sidecar with one of your vixen teammates. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I don't know. That's, it's not working for me somehow. Um, and, and Melbourne, you mentioned you got a puffer jacket. Well, the other thing that comes with the puffer jacket when you come to Melbourne is a is a cup to put your coffee in. Have you become a mm. a Melbourne coffee yeah. snob? <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'll be really honest with you. I think I was actually a coffee snob before I came to Melbourne. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I think I've I've landed in the most amazing city of Melbourne, and coffee is obviously the heart and soul of this uh, of this state. And I think I have found some very very good places, but I'm also on the hunt for more. So any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. But I love finding good coffee stores. I love finding all the little ones all over town because we obviously have trainings in the morning and then mid-morning I'll have a little bit of a coffee um, to keep me going throughout the day. But I I like going all different kind of places over town. So, yeah, I've been to quite a lot. And some of the girls seem to think that I'm probably more in tune with the food and coffee scene in Melbourne than they are. <laughs> It's, yes. Oh, it's funny. We had a, a, a an AFL footballer on recently saying that uh, between meetings and games, they all just sit around uh, sipping lattes. Is <laughs> is that the case in netball too? Oh, yeah, 100%. We have like um, <laughs> breakfast club, I think it's called, um, and we always go and find new places for breakfast. We absolutely love it. We use it as our social connection as well as, um, you know, raiding coffees and, and where we're going to go. We have our locals and stuff, but... No, we absolutely love it. The difference, of course, is that you've got a day job, uh, <laughs> which footballers don't have to have. But, uh, t- tell us about the work you've been doing because it is terrific work you're doing for Sport and Rec Victoria. Um, yes, I work for um, I work for Naval Victoria in, in one of the um, inclusion and diversity coordinators. So um, there's two of us in the role and we – well, two of us in that space, sorry, I should say. And um, I cover people with a disability, so any programs to do with people with a disability – um, and also um, Indigenous programs as well. So there's heaps of work going on. Um, there is a state team for people with um, an intellectual disability and um, it's called Murray Little Shield. So we've just finished trials and we've just um, had a team announced so that they'll be competing as a state team, um, which I think is a fantastic way to incorporate um, that high performance and elite environment um, for people who might not be able to in the um, more mainstream line of netball um, and we have heaps of other different programs as well so different programs for people who are deaf um, they might have other I guess um, disabilities or, or things that might hinder them from being able to play in the mainstream competition of netball because um, we want to include all different people from all walks of life and it's about having them um, love the game just as much as everyone else and you know sometimes that isn't necessarily about on the court it's also off the court as well so whether that's volunteering yeah. or being able to support from the sidelines. We have a sensory room at the games as well, which helps for people with autism um, and might be on the spectrum and need, you know, an adjusted environment to be able to watch a netball game. So, um, yeah, anyone who's in that, I guess, category are able to um, have a, a netball experience just as like just like anyone else, but um, in a modified version. So, yeah, there's lots of different spaces and I think for me I absolutely love seeing the smiles and faces and people 
parents who are able to engage in netball the way that I have been able to when I was growing up. And I think that's probably the key to me is that the understanding of of people who who want to be involved in sport but might not necessarily have the capability to do so in in a more mainstream environment. It sounds like such a rewarding thing yeah. for you, Kaylee, because, I mean, inclusiveness, it's so po- wonderful to see all the positivity around surrounding people who um, you might say a disability, others might say a different um, ability, but that's no reason why um, we can't include everybody. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think that the part I love is that it's about listening to to what's going on in people's lives and for everyone that's different. And I think sport can be such a great facilitator to bring people together and a sense of togetherness and inclusion, but also that sense of community. And I think it's really important to have a belonging. Um, and that's what sport can do for so many people. And netball is such a great team environment for that. And it doesn't matter what kind of player you are, you can come in all different shapes and sizes. And so on. I think that's just the key message that I really want to put out there as well. And, and through the work that I'm doing here at Netball Victoria is that, um, you know, that diversity can range from anything and I think it's about feeling comfortable in yourself and being able to um, do that playing sport and, and netball as well. And team is what is what made you, I guess, uh, in many ways choose netball over what was looking like a very promising athletics career. <laughs> yeah, I decided to go with netball. I really didn't want to make the decision because I absolutely love athletics. So, but yeah, for those that aren't aware, I used to do athletics and I have a um, a very successful mother, um, Christine Stanton, who was an athlete herself and, and she was a high jumper head athlete. And I also did it through up until the age of about 17 and I had to make a decision because it was just becoming a little bit challenging as to whether my time was going to be put into um, athletics on the weekend or netball. And uh, unlike the old days where it used to be winter netball, summer athletics, the two ended up crossing over and um, I was doing it more and more and I had to make a decision because the state teams that I was making were running at the same time. So, yeah, I, I ended up making the choice to go with netball and I think for me it's that sense of team um, and the sense of helping each other out and I think that's what gets me the most is that in, in athletics it is an individual sport and it's very much about the individual. Um, you are supported by a team of people as well but um, for me to be able to do that with a bunch of girls um, out on the netball court and I just think that camaraderie that you get from being in the team is fantastic and I absolutely love it. So yeah, probably that's one of the reasons why I chose netball but I am incredibly um, passionate about athletics as well. I go back, obviously not now being in Melbourne but um, yeah, ever since I left school I, I went back and coached my old school in long jump and high jump and would help out every year in their athletics carnivals or netball or whatever it happened to be because I just Really like to give back to that school. Are you still the state shot put champion? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you finding this information? <laughs> Kevin does his homework. We have one. He definitely does. <laughs> um, yes, I I don't actually know if I am, but I'm just going to claim it. I'm just going to run with it. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to Google it. Say so, no, go grab it, go for it. Hey, speaking of yeah, homework, definitely. I did a little bit of homework myself, um, Kaylee, and I saw a picture. Um, I think that you have taken. Um, you went to a. Uh, might have been South Melbourne Market. Melbourne has some wonderful markets, but I understand you like going um, and exploring markets and seeing all the wonderful varieties of food and produce they have to offer. I absolutely love it, and <laughs> I'm so glad you brought it up. It's really nice to this. This interview is like you know the perfect storm for me. I mean, I wanted to be a chef when I was younger, so I grew up 
wanting to be a chef and um, netball kind of took over. So I wasn't able to pursue that, which is why I ended up studying nutrition. But for me, it starts with going to the markets. It's about, you know, paddock to plate and or farm to table, however we want to talk about it. But yeah, it is about where food comes from and how you can better utilize produce that's in season and available around us. And I think it's really important to support support local growers as well because ultimately, um, you know, it's part of that supply chain that we need to be helping. And yeah, I really enjoy going to the markets. I enjoy tasting different foods and, and seeing different produce that I might not have seen before or different um, ingredients that kind of inspire me to create something new on the on the you know in the kitchen and um, yeah I absolutely love trying all the different ones because everyone has different types of produce and and different varieties as well I think there's you know a thousand different varieties of carrots and radishes and beetroots mm. and different colors that you can work with as well and I think you know it's really exciting to to see that and for me South Melbourne markets is such a really cool experience and it reminds me of the first time I got here at the start of the year um, my host family um, when I initially moved over decided to take me to the markets and I just absolutely loved the experience so for me yeah it was um, a really really fun time but also allows me to to feel like I'm living out childhood dreams of watching TV shows where they go to the markets <laughs> and come home and make all this beautiful fresh baked produce yeah. so yeah it was great yeah. Hey, now, with that in mind, uh, you've, you've been to the market, you've got all your produce, you've made your Toblerone uh, chocolate mousse, and you're going, to in, you're going to invite anyone you like, dead or alive, your dream dinner party guests, who gets a table at uh, at uh, Carlia Stanton's place? Oh, honestly, I reckon I've got 20 people on the list, and that's the worst thing, so it's going to be a really long table lunch. Let's just let's just set the scene here. It's, um, it's either going to be a dinner party or a lunch, but it's going to be, you know, themed as well. So I want to make sure there's, there's good conversation happening all the way around, but I want some entertainment in there as well. So I'm going to start off with some, with, uh, with Robin Williams. Oh yeah. yeah some comedic relief. Um, and then we might have a musical interlude from Adele, um, or even Lady Gaga as well. I'm happy with either of those two if they can make it. Um, I think for storytelling purposes, you've got to have Graham Norton or yeah. Stephen Fry. I think they're the next two people on my list. I think Graham Norton provides great entertainment value and he's very much up with the times, but I think the intellectual side of me says Stephen Fry would just have so many different information um, pockets of wisdom, I guess, or from anything, you know, he was, he was on QI for a very long time yeah. and I feel like the fun facts that he'd be able to Bring would be amazing, and I reckon they, um, could, they could use the motorbikes the two fat ladies had, and and, and, and arrive in them. <laughs> exactly, that would be perfect. There you go. Yeah, um, and then I think for a bit of star quality from Hollywood, we we could drop in Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, see if he's available. Um, and then I would probably just have some. I know this is a very long table here, but uh, we're probably going to include a couple of my. Uh, best friends and my and my family as well. Oh, I love it. The long tables are the best. And you know what? You've got all your bases covered there in terms of uh, entertainment, haven't you, and interesting dinner conversation. That's a really well thought out list. That's great. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. And would they get the Toblerone chocolate mousse? Is that a, is that a Monty? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a given. I think you can't not come to a, a Stanton household dinner without a Toblerone mousse and, and probably a couple of 
starters as well. So, um, yeah, it would definitely make it. Hey, you, you mentioned that, uh, you, you know, you've, you've been trying new things and uh, and exploring markets. Is there anything you won't eat? Hungry yes. jacks. <laughs> um, it just reminded me of a conversation I had with a housemate of mine um, the other night. So he makes um, this salsa verde, I guess, um, and puts capers and anchovies in them. Oh, yum. And Kevin screwing not- his nose up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Kevin, I think I'm I think I'm on the same page as you. I'm not a huge fan of anchovies. Oh. Yes. And I I'm happy if it's in something I don't know it's in there and that you haven't told me beforehand. Yeah. However, if you're going to preface it before <laughs> and let me know that there's anchovies available in that dish, I'm probably gonna screw my nose up. Yeah. Um, and he somehow managed my housemate has somehow managed to Squeeze these little anchovies <laughs> into this sauce yeah. without me knowing, and I very happily. Said, you loved oh, it, didn't it. you? It's yeah, great. it tastes so nice. Oh. Yeah, and what we've been doing recently is so we like we had. I mean, we're going off topic here, but I had a um, barley and vegetable soup last night for dinner, and what we did is put this herb salsa verde type concoction over the top of it at the end, um, and it just created a nice zingy lemon kind of, you know, addition on top with the um, umami effect of the anchovies as well as the capers and, and all the herbs and stuff like that. So it was a perfect addition and I was almost kind of reluctant to say I really liked it, but I, I did actually say <laughs> I, I don't mind it, but I would never be having anchovies on toast. Oh, that's funny, Kayla, because um, as you say, when you put them through the cooking process, they kind of dissolve and you can't even tell they're uh, in there, but I am. Um, oh, I, yes, you can. I love a good ant. Well, they just give a nice saltiness, but um, you're right, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? If you don't know it's anchovy, you probably um, enjoy the, um, the salty flavour of it. Well, exactly right. And I think it's funny because my dad hates watermelon, hates cucumber. Mm. And when we ever put those two ingredients in a salad of any form, <laughs> he can pick it out from a mile away and he reckons we're trying to poison him. <laughs> Little does he know, there are many a time, <laughs> there are many a times we have attempted to uh, add in cucumber to a salad and he thinks it's zucchini. <laughs> And we have to convince him otherwise that it's actually not cucumber because he's had it so many times he just doesn't realise that he's eating it. Um, so we think it's a bit of a facade that he's putting on. He think it's just a bit of a ruse. But um, no, no, he, he doesn't like very many foods either. But it's funny because we try and get away with it. So I feel like the that whole thing is kind of cotton on to me. So if you don't tell me what's in there and I don't know and I haven't made any bad comments, it's probably going to be fine. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with what, you know, you don't know. Doesn't hurt you, really. <laughs> yeah, sort, exactly. Sort of-ish. So, sort of-ish. And, Kaylee, just to finish up, we normally ask our um, our guests um, if they have a kitchen or cooking tip. Ooh, a cooking tip. I would have to say invest in a microplane. Oh. That would be mine. All right. Now, go on, um, for the for the buffet here in the room, <laughs> tell me what that is. <laughs> okay, so a microplane is a – grater of sorts. It's usually a handheld grater um, ah. and it creates a really fine grate. You can use it for anything from your cheat, your hard cheeses um, to garlic and anything uh, ginger even, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. I just really like how easy it is to mince garlic by grating on a microplane. But microplanes are just a real fantastic invention in my opinion and they're such a great little cooking tip because you can just tap away any lemon zest or lime zest that you want to add in garlic cheeses 
you name it, it's fantastic. Bit for of it. nutmeg, yep. Has that mean? Has that mean you? Bit ta- of nutmeg as well. Have you taken the garlic press out of your your repertoire of <laughs> kitchen utensils? Because I hate the garlic oh, press. Oh, you do. It's not something I use frequently. I would go to the microplane for my garlic. Um, otherwise, I'm hand chopping and mincing. And I, what I do as well is I sometimes add a bit of salt to the garlic if I'm mincing it on the chopping board because it helps to emulsify the garlic a little bit easier. So if you use the back of your knife and um, actually try and mince the garlic that way, add a little bit of salt and it'll make it a bit easier to mince. This is good advice this for Kevin because he tip. loves his uh, his garlic, Hallie. He makes um he makes a sautéed mushroom dish with about six garlic cloves in it, and the uh, the garlic press drives oh, him nuts. Drives <laughs> me nuts, and it's wo- yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> microplane, Kevin. Thank yeah. you. I'll get one of those. Hey, Kaylee, Kaylee, <laughs> thank you so much for being on our on our uh, podcast, and uh, thanks Wonderful. for your thanks for your list, and thanks for your tips, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season with the Vixens. It's thank been a you. delight to catch up with you. Thank you so much and thanks for having me on the show. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Kaylee Stanton, uh, keep your eye on her with the Melbourne Vixens. They've had a very tough start to the season, the Vixens, but uh, they will fight back. What an impressive person she is on and off the court. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was wonderful luck for us that she is such a passionate foodie, but also the her involvement um, with uh, diversity and inclusion at yep. Netball Victoria and just making a sport like netball accessible for everybody who wants to have a crack. Um, and you could tell by the way she talks about it so passionately yep. that it's a really rewarding thing thing for her. So, well done, Kaylee, and that was a, just a delightful uh, chat. We could have chatted to you all day Absolutely. about food and no. coffee and puffer jackets. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, joining the uh, Currumburra Grasshoppers in, uh, you know, the twi- in the twilight of her career. <laughs> you're, you're never going to let me I'm live that down, sure are sure that's going to be happening. Uh, Kaylee is signing up as we speak. We were a good side. Now, the uh, Food Bites food poll. Well, we're going for, uh, coming into winter, winter warmers. We're having pumpkin soup oh. and we're putting it up against a nice chunky minestrone, Kevin. Okay, let's see how we go. I can see by the way you screwed your face up that minestrone is not the thing for you. Let's see what people said. Lisa says pumpkin hands down. Terry, Daniel from 2DD, I don't mind either, but I will lean towards pumpkin for this vote. Anastasia says I love both, but my kids prefer minestrone, so I pack mine with veggies. Good idea. Annie yeah. says pumpkin by far. Karen, pumpkin soup. Deb Murphy, pumpkin, pumpkin. Deb Murphy says, yes, my love, you called. That was Rob Elliott replying. <laughs> uh, and then that went into <sighs> a silly, silly thing. But anyway, uh, Leone said pumpkin to help care, but I do like both. I, if I make pumpkin and sweet potato, oh, yeah, I make a pumpkin, like that. I'll make a pumpkin and sweet potato with bacon. Oh. Silvana said, this is a hard one for me. I like both, but it would come down to what mood I'm in. Absolutely. Sharon says, pumpkin all the way. Sue, pumpkin. Fran says, pumpkin soup, but no soup for you, Rob Elliott. (laughs) It's a bit soup Nazi there, isn't it? which is fair enough too. (laughs) Uh, Beck says, both. Awesome and both are awesome veganised. Okay. Yeah. Um, Artie Stevens from Radio Bayside says, hmm, indeed, both great solid options on a cold night in Melbourne. Preference is for a beautiful minestrone with a garlic bread and a glass of Yarra Valley Red. Okay. You're very posh. Yes. Yes. Cherie, both please. Charlene, uh, pumpkin, just enjoyed some tonight from my freezer. Michelle says, tough choice. I love them both. But minestrone for her. Cheese links, love them both too, but pumpkin's easier to make. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Is, <laughs> like, it, is it easier to make? I reckon it is, yeah, because okay. you just 
boil and then blend it up. Lauren says, uh, pumpkin is always a winner in our house. And Lena Masiti says, I can't split them. So it's a big yes to both. Kathy says, a minestrone, yum, Glenn. Pumpkin for me, Pado. Sue says, pumpkin. Kylie says, pumpkin with crusty, fresh <laughs> bread and loads, loads of, of butter, butter on it. Oh, oh. Michaela says, pumpkin. Joe Griggs, <laughs> I would choose both. I could live on soups, she says. Colin Vickery, oh, how I wish chicken and sweet corn soup was a choice. Yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, Colin, you can't put a random no. one in there. Darren Purchase says minestrone. And Wayne, Wayne writes, not even close. <laughs> minestrone is a wonderful broth of deliciousness that embraces all that is good with the vegetable world and then elevates it to a new height with the addition of pasta. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin soup <laughs> is just a mushed-up sludge from a shit fruit. <laughs> The pumpkin is very close to the stupidest thing in the world. There's some sheep that might argue with that. It is a lethal gourd of horror that is amongst the hardest things to prepare. Now, that's very true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can remember watching my darling mother grunt like a weightlifter whilst trying to cut this stupid yeah. ball of childhood trauma. It's true. You don't cut them, you hack them, don't you? You do. Yep. And and knives have fortunately come to a point oh. now where they're actually, they actually do work on them. But yeah. I remember watching my mum do exactly the same thing. Now, back on the pumpkin. Raw, it's harder than... In my first attempt at homemade bread. But once cooked, <laughs> once cooked, it becomes a weird yellow snot-like slice <laughs> of weirdness that I still hate to this day with the passion of a Collingwood fan looking at the Carlton Cheer Squad. <laughs> Mushing this vileness up even further to make soup is quite frankly the action of someone who's completely taken leave of their senses. It doesn't even qualify as a soup. It ends up being... <laughs> A serving of sludgy baby food <laughs> with a dollop of cream and some parsley <gasps> on top to hide the villainous lurking within the bowl that Ooh. contains this horrendous concoction. Got to put some bacon in it. When growing up, I was taught that anything worth having took a lot of effort mm. and was hard to achieve. This bulbous landmine <laughs> of grossness, there's a coffee mug, grows <laughs> in garbage with no help from human beings whatsoever. It does too. When you throw pumpkin skins out yeah. into the garbage, it, it takes on a life that only Stephen King can understand. Uh, you can't stop it, which says it all. Minestrone for me by a mile. Oh, yeah. I even made the effort to Google minestrone so I could spell <laughs> it properly. <laughs> Another coffee mug quote, as you said, yes. or three in there. Wayno, you've done it again. You've done it again, Wayne. Beautifully uh, summed up. Unfortunately, Nicely though. Nicely executed, Kevin. Unfortunately, though, Wayne, minestrone does not win the poll. Oh. It is 60-40 for pumpkin. Well, reasonably close. And there's a, a smattering in the 40, uh, 60 and the 40 there of both. I'm going the minestrone over pumpkin. I agree with Wayne. Oh, it's a bit baby food texture for me. Well, I didn't until Wayne pointed that out to me. <laughs> I was quite happy to have pumpkin soup. In fact, I have a tin of it sitting in the, in the thing now and I occasionally do the crumpets and pumpkin soup for lunch on a winter's day and really <laughs> enjoy it and I almost did it today but then I read Wayne's thing and went, no, I'll have a sandwich. Leonie's suggestion and maybe um, crisp up some bacon to, to put through it. Well, let's be honest, bacon fixes everything. That's right. Bacon makes everything better. Mm. Uh, that would be good, but uh, no, actually, I do like the taste of pumpkin soup, but now that he's described <laughs> it as baby vomit. Uh, My mum made some for me the other day when I went to visit and she put turnip in there. 
Oh, <laughs> see, don't bastardise it. Just well, if, if it's if it's called pumpkin soup, it's supposed to taste oh, like. Oh, it's had turnip, sweet potato, and white potato in well, there, then and it's onion. Not pumpkin soup, is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a bloody three variety thing. Mm. You know, does Janet have you know the pumpkin the cheese pumpkin? Well, she might, but she'd call it she that. Might. She wouldn't call it cheese. <laughs> cheese links, pumpkin links. Cheeselinks.com.au, 52821984. That is the number. All the social media platforms. Get some gear. Start making your own cheese. Yep, or yogurt if uh, the mood ah, takes you. Yes, yogurt makers are available as well. Customise your own. Our thanks once again to our terrific guest, uh, Kalia Stanton Thank from the you, Melbourne Kalia. Vixens. Hope uh, the appearing on our program turns the fortunes around of the Vixens yeah. and they get a couple of wins under their belt. Uh, We're known for that. bringing luck, aren't we, on this podcast? Ryan Nan Curtis oh. will be our special guest on the next edition of uh, Food Boats. Hope you can join us for that one then. Cheeselinks.com.au. Have a wonderful week. I can't wait to see you again. I've got to throw that tin of pumpkin soup out (laughs) now. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheeselinks. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au. 